Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Ruben Nava along with Jesse Romero. Make up a two man car. 10 8 on Soul Patrol. Jesse, good morning. Hey, Ruben, good morning. I just walked in here from the Sacrament of Confession, the Sacrament of Salvation. Just want to mention one thing just for, for catechesis. Uh, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the women that go to confession, you could tell they're very holy, pious women, but boy, oh boy, do they take long. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> it's because they haven't been taught how to go to confession. And the priests are real nice. They, they go there and they think it's a counseling session. Mm-hmm. Confession is not spiritual direction. Confession is counseling. It took me two minutes to get say my confession. Why? The Council of Trent says what you're supposed to tell the priests is the last time your confession was, mine was two weeks ago, uh, the, the sins you committed in the last two weeks and the number of times you committed them. Mm-hmm. My confession took two minutes. The three ladies before me took 20 minutes each. That's why I thought I was not going to make it to the show. Why? And you could you could see that they're old, pious, holy, you know, uh, Legion of Mary type women, mm-hmm. daily mass. There's no reason for a 20-minute confession. If you want to talk to a priest, make an appointment with him. Confession is not spiritual direction. Confession is not counseling. You go in there. You make sure that you have contrition and compunction of heart. You're sorry for your sins. Mm -hmm. You tell the priest, uh, forgive me, Father, or bless me, Father, for I have sinned, either to or appropriate. Tell the priest the last time you came to confession, tell him, the sins you've committed since the last time you went to confession and the number of times you've committed them. That's it. Confession is surgery. It's removing cancer. It's not, uh, it's not a, a a complaint session about my unevangelized husband who, uh, for the last 20 minutes, because again, that's what a lot of these women do Mm -hmm. because priests say they go in there and they talk about how bad their husband is for 20 to 30 minutes. And the priests are really nice. They just sit there and listen and listen instead of saying, excuse me, if your husband has certain sins, let him come to me. What's your sins? But my husband, no, no, no. I don't want to hear about your husband. What are your sins? A lot of these priests got to rain down of these women because again, (laughs) it's crazy what happens. The rest of us are waiting in the room for hours Mm -hmm. And and a priest can only get through five people in two hours. Yeah, that's that's just not right. Uh, <laughs> that's that's funny, just. To, but you know they they you they when you go in there you've got to you got to spend some time in reflection, you know, and, and examination of conscience, and and so you just yeah, like you said, just line them up and say, okay, this this and this, and you know, and um, you know, you get get on your way, and 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 but you have that contrition of heart, you know, do you have that firm purpose of amendment and. Um, so, hey, what I got going on today, Jess, I have, uh, was asked to, to substitute teach one day a week at that, um, Good Shepherd Academy over in Ontario. Uh, we promoted that at the school. Oh, that's awesome. So bro. on Thursdays, uh, I'll be going over for, uh, teaching the high school's students, uh, some theology. So I... you're the perfect man to do it, dude. <laughs> and just, just flex the guns, bro. They're all going to pay attention. Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, so. hey, hey, let's talk about what's going on uh, north of here, Ruben. 
Yes, that's uh, the Canadians, boy. They're, Man, you got some brave people over there. Yeah, they're no, normally laid back. They people I, I know people that's that true. are up there in, in in Canada, and they they're pretty laid back. Uh, they have that that kind of approach to life. Um, and this uh, church militant put out an article on on it, and uh, they said in recent weeks Canada has become the epicenter of the world's most powerful pushback against vaccine mandates. This is what it's going to take, Jesse. We gotta, you know, we're we're stronger in numbers, man. And uh, uh, the uh, article was written by uh, Nadia Hazmi. Hazime. She reports that the Freedom Convoy and the truckers spearheaded it, who are coming to be seen all over the globe as heroes. So um, it's this is going to be a, a moment in history that's that's gonna, we're going to be remembering this. And uh, Ruben, there's a, you know what's funny? You and me right now, we're living in momentous times. Things are happening that have never happened. Universal lockdown, put on masks, the truckers, this p- protest. Uh, there are things that are happening, Ruben, that I mean, I'm talking about. They're going to be in the history books forever. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, so, you know, tensions are growing. The, the, the mayor of Ottawa, he, he, he declared a state of emergency. Um, he's trying to crack down on these truckers. Uh, what, what, and, and, uh, police officers, they're, they're warning people who are attempting to bring material support materials like gas and, and other things. Um, there's, they're, they're going to arrest them. And this is what upsets me is that these policemen have forgot what their calling was. And, exactly. Uh, you know, come on, you, you, I, I would venture to say that in their heart, they feel just like these truckers, but you know, I, I couldn't go out there and arrest somebody for for such uh, petty for putting stuff. for putting gas in their truck, Ruben. Yeah. No, no kidding, man. This unbelievable what they're doing, and I just it's it, it, it's shameful that uh, they're doing it. It is, yeah. Call it like it is. Yeah. They have to do is stand up to their their supervisor and say, "Look, we're not going to do this, man. You, you this can't is fire unlawful. Yeah, this is unlawful. You're at, this is an unjust order. Yeah, it's like if your dad tells you, "Hey, son. I mean, here's what I've heard." Hey, son, you're 18 years old. I'm your dad. Yeah, I'm going to teach you what it is to be a real man. Let's go. I'm going to buy you a hooker. <laughs> I, I'd say, uh, Dad, uh, what are you saying? Yeah, I can't. Dad, dad, I'm sorry. I can't do that, Dad. What, what, you, I mean, the what you've taught me all my life in the Catholic faith, chastity, purity. What do you mean going to buy me a hooker? See, that's a classic example where th- does the father have authority? Absolutely. Do you have the right to say, Dad, you're wrong on this one? Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to do. The government is wrong. In many issues, and Ruben, even in in some instances, uh, church leaders are wrong, and you've got to stand up to them. Oh, yeah. I've had a big old brouhaha here in in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. You have no idea what I've been through, because uh, my wife and myself have organized a prayer uh, a prayer rally against the Temple of Satan that's coming down tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's all over the news. Uh-huh. This is the biggest satanic conference in the history of the United States. Wow! And and uh, and I'm getting pushback. From a, a lot of priests out here, uh, you're just you're going to take people out there and they're going to get cursed and hexed. They're going to get you know you better you should just stay home and just pray a rosary at home. I I just can't believe the pushback I'm getting from our own prelates. So again, there are just certain times, Ruben, where a Catholic has to follow their properly formed moral conscience based on the Word of God and sacred tradition, and just go out there and do the right thing. Yeah, well, just. Uh... Hey, Joe, uh, Jess, give us our marching orders from, from those of us who are from afar. Uh, what would you have us do to, to help? Here, here's what I'm asking you to do on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which starts tomorrow from 12 to 3 p.m. Find some time that you that are outside of the Diocese of Phoenix, either go to Holy Mass those three days or 
uh, pray a rosary for us those three days. Pray your divine mercy those three days. Whatever devotions you pray, some people are you know have other devotions of the holy face of Jesus, uh, the Saint Michael Chaplet. Just tr- what wherever you're at in the United States, from twelve to three Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, carve out some time fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes to pray with your brothers and sisters here in Phoenix, Arizona. As we stand in front of the Saguaro Hotel, praying prayers of reparation against these Satanists. So uh, that, that's all I'm asking you. Offer your rosaries, whatever devotions you pray. Make sure you specifically, intentionally uh, add your prayers and rosaries for us here in Phoenix, Arizona. Ask God, Lord, uh, you know, let these prayers fall upon those people in Phoenix, Arizona and the conversion of these Satanists. So again, just carve out some time. Hey, you can even go to church. Say, I'm going to go do a... Uh, pray the rosary in, 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 inside of a church or do a holy hour, right. go to mass in the morning and offer my communion for what's happening in Arizona for the rep, for, for the rep, for, you know, a, a sense of reparation for the, what, what the evil things that these communists or these Satanists are doing. So that's Ruben. Just ask people to unite themselves in prayer with us. By the way, some people may, may want to go hardcore. We've printed out the prayers that we're actually going to do. We put them on, on a website, azriseoffaithful.com, azriseoffaithful. It says Catholic prayers of reparation. We're going to be praying for three hours nonstop with bullhorns out in the sidewalk from 12 noon to 3 p.m. So you can print out those prayers and say, you know, I'm going to pray a third of these prayers or some of these prayers. I like these are specific prayers of reparation that we're praying along with the four rosaries. Jesse, how many are they uh, the as the adversary uh, planning on bringing? Is there a number that you guys? Yeah, the adversary already. Uh, they have a, a ballroom that they rented. It holds five hundred people. And this is not that big, but it holds five hundred people. It got sold out in three days. So it was sold out like six weeks ago in three days. So we know there is at least five hundred Satanists that will be there inside, uh, inside the ballroom, and then they've also they're also going to be doing outside in Old Town Scottsdale. It's like a it's like a beautiful area of the city. Uh-huh. They're also going to be having tables outside in Old Town Scottsdale, Satanists, where they're going to be peddling their wares and their crystals and and uh, and their satanic books and witchcraft. Apparently, they got permission to sell their stuff outside of the uh, outside of the city in Old Town Scottsdale. Do you have the uh, the local law enforcement uh, on board? Uh... Scottsdale's on board. They uh, actually they're kind of happy that we're there. I've been in communication with them. And uh, there's, the chief has hired overtime. There's going to be uh, cops in uniform all over okay. the Saguaro Hotel and all over the sidewalk. So, Good. I mean, this, they told me, you, if you need a cop, just walk 10 feet and tap him on the shoulder and, and ask him what you need. Oh, wow. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, hey, going back to the uh, the truckers, you know, um, truckers in the border town of Coates, Alberta, they're also forming uh, and standing firm. Uh, they, they got reinforcements coming in. In the form of 300 cowboys carrying Canadian flags, <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, this is upsetting the uh, the, the the local uh, you know uh, politicians there. Alberta's premier Jason Kenney, he's a conservative in name only, um, and he appeared to uh, tiptoe away from the mandates last week. And he just he's basically saying, hey, the rationale for the proof of vaccine program it's it's not as strong today as it was when we when we introduced it in September, you know, <clears throat> and uh, but. We'll, we'll get back to this on the other side of the break. Uh, you got it. What that prime minister is doing. Okay. Be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are back. Let freedom ring, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought we'd be saying something like this, Ruben. It's crazy. I I mean, I feel like we're back... uh, you know, we're back to to the Civil War here when uh, the Brits are trying to put their jackboot on the, our, on our neck. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is happening here. Again, the those people in Canada are, should be applauded. The Canadians, again, like you said, Ruben, they're known for being laid back in life and politics. But in, in recent weeks, they've come alive. They are pushing back powerfully against the uh, the 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 jab, uh, the force mandates. Uh, Dr. Roger Hodkinson says this is a moment in history where there's a tremendous amount on the table. Canadians' freedom convoy is remaining steadfast despite growing tensions. The mayor of Ottawa, the nation's capital, declared a state of emergency over the weekend. They cracked down on the truckers and the police warned, unfortunately, uh, I mean, that's shameful. Anyone attempting to bring material support to the demonstrators could be subject to arrest. Uh, (laughs) I'd be ashamed to wear that badge, let me tell you. But uh, uh, the convoy held a press conference a few days ago confirming their resolve and peacefulness. Uh, the Freedom Convoy, one of the guys that spoke, Josh, he's a trucker. He says, we've worked with local law enforcement and government to keep this exactly what we've intended it to be, a peaceful demonstration. Joseph, this trucker from Freedom Convoy, he says, I have a right to be here. I pay taxes in this country and our government is violating the law. They have been for two years now. Uh, the truckers in the border town of Couts, Alberta, also are standing firm. Reinforcements have come in from all over, like Ruben said the last segment, 300 cowboys carrying Canadian flags. Alberta's Premier Jason Kenney, a conservative in name only, one of those uh, fake conservatives, appeared to tiptoe away from the mandates last week. Uh, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, he said, the rationale for the proof of vaccination program is not as strong today as when we introduced it in September. But the truckers and coots were having none of it. In a Friday press conference, they called on members of the Legislative Assembly of Alberta to step down and become independents. Freedom convoys are spreading across the world in Germany and New Zealand, even here in our country, the U.S., and the ball is now on the globalist court. How will they proceed against the world of people? It's hard to protect. The Ottawa police chief called the Freedom Convoy a siege. I disagree with him. Yeah. But observers have noted Aggressive shows of force of police, aggressive show of, of police force, including snipers on top of buildings and officers in tactical gear swarming the protesters to confiscate fuel. Mm-hmm. A, a number of people have been arrested for unspecified mischief, and over 500 people have been issued tickets for excessive honking and seat belt violations. Oh, Talk about nitpicking. On. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I, yeah. that, I, I don't know how they can live with themselves doing this, man, because. These are their fellow citizens, man. Oh, uh, my gosh. That, that upsets me. Um, it just really does. I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't police like that. Not at all, you know. The, Ruben, these guys, and, and see, this is, what Biden's, this is what Biden's trying to do in this country as well. He's trying to get rid of conservative cops that are, and first responders that are people of faith by, again, you know, forcing people. You've got to get the jab. For mm-hmm. example, where we used to work at the L.A. Sheriff's Department, 4,000 Sheriffs, deputy sheriffs are about to get fired yeah, because they don't want to get jabbed up. And so this is a way of kind of separating people. The ones that are going to get the jab are basically people are going to say, whatever the government says, we're going to do. You know, they're like, yes, sir. You tell, tell us to jump, you, you know, tell us to jump and, and we'll say how high. And so Biden, what he wants to do, he wants to keep 
people that are not going to question unlawful authority in law enforcement, in the military, people that are just lemmings, people that are just, yes, sir, you want me to go rape my wife? Not a problem, sir. Yes, sir. In other words, if you push back and show that you have a moral conscience, they don't want you in law enforcement. They don't want you in the military. Right. And this is exactly what they're trying to do in Canada as well, Ruben. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about the tr- Trudeau. He came out of hiding uh, yesterday to slam the truckers, not to negotiate with them. He, he's, uh, he's the prime minister. He says, quote, individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' uh, daily, daily lives. It has to stop. I, I just... It upsets me to what they throw this word democracy around. They're the ones, the liberals are the ones that are uh, stopping our democracy by the, with these mandates. And and then they'll, they'll try to, they'll try to uh, um, pick, paint the, the picture that uh, all these people are, uh, you know, uh, Nazis and they're racists and, and uh, they're, they, they kind of put them in as, as like the Trump followers, you know? Um, right. And, and it's it's just not right. These are just average Joes that are, you know just want to get their life back in order, and and they're doing what they they can to to make a difference because they're they 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 the city has come to a complete stop over there because they're blocking traffic. And uh, I think I think like I said earlier, we we are stronger in numbers. And and uh, and going back to to what you said about the sheriff's department here, yeah, my nephew graduates next week from the academy. And he's already talking about finding another agency, which is sad that, uh, you know, that the, the board of supervisors would do something like that and not care about their constituents' safety. And uh, that crime is running rampant in the streets of L.A. and, and other major uh, blue blue states and other cities across the nation. I'll tell you why, Ruben, because under the Brandon administration, what they want to do is they want to hire robots they want to hire people that don't have a moral compass that are going to do whatever the government says to do, even though it's unlawful. And there's enough young people out there that will do that because their conscience is malformed. They've, they've been to Marxist colleges, you know, public school all their life. They have, again, lukewarm Catholic parents. So you're going to hire, they're going to hire enough people in law enforcement and the military that are going to do what these Marxists want them to do, because again, they don't have, they don't have even the, the, the life experience to stand up against lawful, unlawful authority, and much, much less do they have the intellectual capacity and the moral formation to stand up against unlo- unjust legislation. Right, and uh, you know, and some of them are going to cave in because they they have to put food on the table, and and they yeah. they say, oh, I gotta I gotta have my job, but uh, you know, ultimately we answer to God. So if we're doing. Uh, you know, we're following orders that are unjust. Um, we're not pleasing to God. That's that's not what he wants from us. And, you know, the what upsets me here, too, is that the police are they're confiscating fuel from the convoy. Uh, the chief said that we're, we're we went after the funding. We're going after the fuel. And um, and then this week in Ontario Superior, Superior Court, the justice forbade the truckers from honking, deciding Ottawa residents right for quiet supersedes the truckers right to protest. Can you believe that? What about all the, the, what about all the rioting that went on last summer, Jesse? You know, the that summer of love where, where they're causing havoc in in our in our country here and across the world. There were other um, countries where they saw that BLM uprisings, and do you think they were doing it quietly? They're doing it in the middle of the night, you know. And um, you saw what happened in Portland. They're attacking a, a federal court building and uh, firing. Uh, you know, um, missiles uh, of 
fireworks at the police officers and and um, M80s. They just they destroyed an entire police station, Ruben. I forget in which yeah. uh, which yeah. state BLM. Uh, they destroyed a courthouse, oh. and uh, and nothing happens to them. What happens with them? They a lot of them were arrested, and guess what? They were released uh, within the, the next yeah. year, within a couple of hours, because. Uh, the the district the the uh, Soros funded district attorneys deemed that uh, there was no crime, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know th- they had politicians and also uh, celebrities that were bailing them out. You know, so th- they're uh, they're putting their money behind these people, and and but uh, when when the other side does it, oh my goodness, it's like uh, the world has to come to a to a stop because. They, they want to get us out of there, and uh, this is this is a um, this is Canada is much like our country, Jesse. I mean, a lot of their their constitution was kind of comes came out of, came out of ours, um, the verbiage and stuff. So uh, they're like uh, they're like our, our friendly neighbors to the north, but uh, this uh, this Canadian prime minister is is evil. He, he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Biden and Trudeau are cut from the same diabolical cloth. Mm-hmm. Both of them. These guys are, these guys are kindred spirits. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you somebody, Ruben, who I, I respect, and I wish he was a Catholic, because he puts a lot of our Catholic clergy to shame, is the Protestant pastor, Arthur Pulowski. Ruben, he's just been arrested for the fifth time. Mm. <laughs> Wow. They they went the Calgary police were armed like if he's some sort of like you know high level terrorist mm. they went to his house and they arrested him this is the fifth time Protestant pastor Arthur Polowski Polowski notice he's Polish mm-hmm. so he has Catholic roots fifth time he's been arrested because he's a key leader he's the voice of the Freedom Convoy and uh, he was scheduled to speak to the truckers blockade. And so they went after him and arrested him. God bless this pa- this Protestant pastor. We need to pray for his conversion because we need his apostolic zeal in the Catholic Church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they, um, some politicians are lambasting Trudeau's treatment of the people. Pierre Paul Polivere, a Canadian uh, MP, this country right now is like a, a raw nerve and the prime minister is jumping up and down on it with his inflammatory rhetoric. Wow. Yeah. What a graphic description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out jumping up in town and nerve. That's what I, I just. It just makes uh, it, it. It. I feel the pain just, when I just think about that. Yeah, uh, the, I, I, and you can see the video if you go to the 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 show page. And uh, Daryl, a Canadian military veteran, he called out Trudeau and he says, "I didn't serve this country to be bullied by a prime minister that ran away like a chicken. Who runs away from his people?" So Trudeau didn't stand there and just he didn't want to even negotiate. He didn't want to hear them. Uh, so that's what they're calling for. They're calling for resignations and they're calling for uh, the truckers are, are saying, hey, let's just sit down and, and talk this out. But uh, they'll have none of it. They'll- yeah, well, th- this is what happens, Ruben, when uh, tr- somebody told me that Trudeau is a baptized Catholic. Is that true? I, I haven't. I, I haven't. I don't I don't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Well, if he is, Ruben, this is what happens when a Catholic is, is drunk with power and he's fallen away from the faith. And he hasn't formed his intellectual uh, faculties with the word of God and the Catholic faith. This guy is governing like a dictator, like a, th- like, like, like a, a third world country dictator over the Middle East. And uh, this is shameful. Biden is shameful. Trudeau is shameful. We've got to continue praying for their conversion. 
ask for God to give them the grace of conversion because I'm telling you, Ruben, Trudeau and Biden, with the power that they've been given, because again, all power comes from God, ultimately, Romans chapter 13, the power that they've given and the misuse of their power, Ruben, they are jumping over the trap door of hell. And I hope and pray that they receive the grace of conversion because both of them are walking down a very dangerous path. Yeah. To whom much is given, much is required, Jess. And uh, these guys are going to have a lot to answer for, as do our own prelates, you know, the, the, our church leaders who uh, are not standing uh, standing up for their people, you know, it's uh it's disheartening to to say the least that um you know in this day and age that we we're going through this um you know our freedoms being taken away and uh whoever thought that we'd be living in these times but they're here and so now uh i i just i rejoice in it because i said hey uh, our lord put us at this time at this, Amen. this place you know so Amen. let's see what Hey Ruben up next we got Dave Gordon Uh, from Church Militant. We're going to be talking about Biden's Supreme Court pick versus the Constitution. He's uh, got a law degree. He's got a lot to say. We'll be right back. All right. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Ruben Nava. We're bringing in the heavy artillery now. I'm bringing in Dave Gordon. Dave, welcome to the Jesus 911 show. How are you, Dave? Doing well, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you wrote an excellent article about uh, uh, President Biden. I almost slipped and said the other name. Uh, President Biden's Supreme Court pick versus the U.S. Constitution. When I heard him talking about, I need to put a black female. And I mean, just just common sense kicked in. And I said, what? What type of a criteria is that uh, to, to, to appoint somebody for the Supreme Court? Whatever happened to merit? Whatever happened to, uh, you know, to somebody's biography, to qualifications, this is this talk is a talk of somebody that has dementia. But you wrote you wrote an article, Dave, and I want you to kind of lay out the case because you've got a legal mind, you got a law degree. What's what would be wrong from a legal from a legal standpoint with President unelected President Biden saying uh, my next pick is going to be a black female? Why would that be wrong? Maybe coming from a legal a legal mindset or a legal frame of mind, right? And, and the answer is simple, Jesse. Um, it's because we have a guarantee of equal protection under the laws in the United States. And while under the Fourteenth Amendment, equal protection applies to the state governments, the Supreme Court has held roundly that through the Fifth Amendment and the Due Process Clause that we're not going to deprive people of uh, life, liberty, or property without due process of law, that the guarantee of equal protection also applies to the federal government. And applying that even further, the Supreme Court has said, look, you can't favor one race and have a racial quota. You can't say we're carving out this seat on in a medical school, in a law school, or 
say in on the Supreme Court for somebody of a certain race and sex that offends equal protection, which is a constitutional guarantee. And the president, although he has power to put somebody on the Supreme Court, his power is also constrained by the other provisions within the four corners of the United States Constitution. So this point is huge. And no one's talking about it right now because everyone's afraid of being called a racist. The left has so won dialogue that they can do whatever they want with impunity. They've so uh, ramrodded their agenda through, through in the minds of the country. And uh, they have so uh, conditioned us to being treated as second-class citizens on the right that now it's okay for President Biden to just be like, I'm going to put on a black woman. O overt racial and sexual favoritism. And I, by the way, I didn't like when, when Trump said he was going to do it with Amy Coney Barrett. But he didn't say, you know, this is only going to be uh, necessarily a woman. He was always like, well, I think she's the best for the job. So he always hedged a little bit. Biden is doing this overtly, and it's unconstitutional. Right. Hey, Dave, good morning. Ruben Nava here. Um, you, you point out in there um, the, the 78 case uh, regents of the U University of California versus Baki. That was, a, that was a huge case. Could you tell the listeners what, what came out of that and what was the, you know, the, the indecision on that the ruling? Sure. So this is a Lewis Powell decision. And he essentially said that UC Davis had a medical school and they were saying we have 16 seats in this medical school entering class that are going to go to minorities. So they had a racial quota in their medical school. The Supreme Court said a racial quota cannot be done under the Constitution. It offends the strict scrutiny that's due to laws that have to do with race, which means that laws have to be the most that do touch upon race have to be the most narrowly constrained to do their their stated end. It, it said it offended that. And that while maybe affirmative action is OK, um, kind of giving somebody a bump so that they can uh, show so they can be a more diverse educational viewpoint and like expand a class's horizons and bring that to an educational institution, which I think is still silly. Affirmative action is wrong and offends uh, equal protection, in my view. But the court said this mild form of affirmative action would be OK, maybe trying to expand the diversity of a class, but you can't do it through a racial quota. Right. And what President Biden has done here is basically exactly what the Bakke court struck down and said, you can't do. You can't be like we're saving a seat for um, and uh, a person of a certain color. Yeah, that's racial discrimination in and of itself. You know? and, and the left never sees that. <laughs> you know what I found kind of kind of curious is that all of a sudden, uh, Justice Stephen Breyer announced that he's going to retire. There was no indication that he was going to retire. Here's what I think. Here's here's where my police mind is kicking in. The left is saying, "Okay, you're probably. I think he's the oldest guy in the Supreme Court. Uh, we're going to get smoked in the next election. We can't let Trump put in another conservative. Hey, Breyer." Uh, they probably call him Soros and, and, and Bill Gates. Hey, can you give this guy some incentive to retire, to step down? I don't know. Maybe a, drop a couple of million dollars in his bank account. And Breyer said, oh, yeah, that's a nice retirement deal. Yeah, I'll step down. Because all of a sudden, it's announced that he's going to step down as an associate justice. And then all of a sudden, again, because what is, the left wants to make sure, because they know they're going to get smoked in the next election unless they steal it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Unless they steal it, they're going to get smoked. 
because this guy's made a this guy's made a, a, a disastrous uh, decisions that have affected all of us, starting with our gas and meat and milk and everything, our schools. And so I think the less told this guy, hey, tell Breyer to step down. We'll give him a nice retirement package because we need Biden to appoint the next Supreme Court nominee. Because if not, because Trump in three years, he's going to give us another conservative up in the bench and he's going to basically seal our fate. What say you? I mean, this is just kind of like I'm. These are my musings, my 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 Jesse Romero musings. You think I'm onto something, Dave? Well, certainly that sounds plausible. I, I claim no inside knowledge of right, right. what took place regarding the retirement, but the timing was impeccable. Actually, the week before that, I was like, this news cycle is so bad for the Biden administration. Uh, just talking about his sheer incompetence, his um, his milestone unpopularity, you know, his unprecedented unpopularity that they need to change the news cycle. So I found it interesting that the news of Breyer's retirement did not come from his office. It, it was leaked. So I, I, I certainly would assume that the Biden administration leaked this, the news of this retirement in order to manipulate the news cycle. Um, because they just didn't want the focus on how incompetent old man Biden is at his job and how many Americans just loathe him and think he's not fit for office. Ruben, comments? Yeah, yeah Dave, you, you mentioned in there that uh, it's going to take some brave challenger to uh, that uh, takes the unelected president to, to court. But uh, I think you mentioned it earlier, a brave challenger because that person is going to be excoriated in the media as a racist. There's just no doubt about it. And you even hear uh, conservatives like Lindsey Graham saying, oh, yeah, uh, the one top candidate that they're looking at. Oh, yeah, she's she's qualified. Uh, I have no problem, you know, taking somebody uh, who doesn't come from an Ivy League background. And she went to public public school in uh, South Carolina or whatnot. And uh, and they're, they're already given in to say, hey, we're going to vote for her. You know, that's that's kind of sad that the the. the the conservatives, the Republicans don't want to push back on this issue. Well, that's their M.O. That's how the Republicans have played ball. They did it with Kagan. They did it with Sotomayor. People that came in expressly saying, oh, I'm going to defy the Constitution. I'm going to interpret it as a living, breathing document. You know, saying things that are outright unconstitutional. That, that's what we should do with our mortgages, right? Well, I'm going to interpret my mortgage as a living, breathing <laughs> document. Like you say, I owe, you know, 300000 but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I owe more like fifty k because times are tough. No, that is absurd. It's so funny how much we've swallowed on the right that are just complete falsehoods by the left yeah men can be women and then you see even fox news beat writers are like well she when referring to um you know bruce our friend uh bruce or what's his name now like it's always something overtly like extremely feminine like amber um bruce jenner caitlin yeah. jenner um you know they start using the she we're just in a post-truth world and here's this here's the answer here's what we have to do don't care if the left calls you racist because you know what's racist to the left? <laughs> Absolutely everything. Like, fine, you're a racist because you don't believe in favoring a certain race at the expense of all other races. It's like, you know what? Whatever. Uh, fine. Embrace it then. Yeah, you're going to get crucified. You're going to get excoriated. The media is owned by by liberal agitators. It's bought and paid for by George Soros. They're all in it together. All the big tech media, they're all colluding to silence truth. Um, it, it's very diabolical. 
But we know that. So just go in there and expect it. I, I'm sick of conservatives running the mouth and saying like, look, oh, yeah, I suffer for Christ all the time. I offer up all these little sacrifices. It's like, well, this is kind of fallen on your plate, any well-situated conservative jurist. If you're a plausible Supreme Court nominee, if you are a high-ranking justice, maybe even a state Supreme Court justice, if you are a, a pretty well-placed federal district court judge, then maybe it's time to to sue the Biden administration. You're going to get excoriated. But you know what? It's better than living and dying and being average in a post-truth world. If we're not carrying the cross with Christ, then we're not real Christians. So it's on your plate. I- I'm sick of the silence from the right and letting the, the left write the rules. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, I don't know if you you get any, uh, any peace uh, knowing that our president is going to be facing uh, this racial injustice by handing out crack pipes. Uh, <laughs> That's what is up with that? Man? That <laughs> onion headline, you know? Uh, President yeah. Biden is countenancing uh, the the problem of racial injustice with crack pipes. Yeah, like he, it's an onion line. He got that from his son. I bet your son. Hey, hey, dad, put this in there, man. You know, they keep showing this picture of me on the on my pillow with a crack pipe in my mouth. <laughs> Who says Bi- uh, uh, Biden's son is an instrumental in forming policy? Yeah. No, he's re-injected himself into the uh, into presidential politics. Exactly. You guys, guys, think about this. Just put the put. I uh, just put the shoe on the other on the other foot. If Trump was giving black people crack pipes, he would be excoriated as a racist. And every network all day long, nonstop, saying, What you condescending? Ah, you're listening to Jesus 911. We got Dave Gordon uh, talking about the next Supreme Court justice pick. Stick around, we'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are back. We have a, we're a two-man car, but we had a ride-along right now. We've got uh, Dave Gordon with us, and uh, we were talking about uh, the next Supreme Court pick. And uh, yeah, glad to have you with us, Dave. Let me mention something. Here's what I think that unelected Joe Biden wanted to do. And this is how he, he was able to provide cover for himself. He wants to put a leftist ideologue, an ACLU-type lawyer, just like, you know, uh, just like a, a Sotomayor of that, of that and Kagan, that, that type of judicial mindset. And what he wanted to do, because he wants to ram it down our throat, and he knows that people would push back, he took cover by choosing a victim class a black female because he knows that he would have chosen a white male liberal. He would have been an easy target for people to say, Hey, we don't want him, you know, because of this, that, and the other, it would have been easy to go after a white male because they're the unprotected class in the United States right now. Mm. But what he did, he took cover by choosing a black female. That way everybody has to kind of like, just keep your mouth shut. Don't say nothing. We know she's a leftist. We know she's a progressive. We know she's an ACL, ACLU type, uh, you know, jurist, jurist. Keep your mouth shut. We can't say nothing. This is what he did to try to find cover for his next pick. Now, I just don't understand why, why don't, why can't people be colorblind 
and say, who is the best person for their job? I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what skin pigmentation you are. Who's the best person for their job? But the left just can't do that. They always have to try to, uh, to find cover, ramming their ideologues down our throat by 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 using the victocrat status. Dave, comments? The the new Marxist left's methodology and, you know, Pope Pius XI um, mentions this in Divini Redemptoris when he writes about communism. He talks about how Marxists and the left are good at stirring racial hatreds. And yes, by putting a black woman on the Supreme Court, the left can default to its identity politics, wherein, first of all, if you oppose her, not on racial grounds, not on sexual grounds, but on the grounds that she's going to be a far left jurist who's not faithful to the black letter law of the Constitution, uh, you're going to get excoriated as a racist. And as we know, the right is full of cowards who that means something to you. You call uh, Mitch McConnell a racist. Um, and if CNN runs it enough, he's kind of sweating. He's worrying. He's sitting there like, oh, how is this going to look for my reelection campaign? You know, that's that's what these uh, empty suit politicians think like they, they and they have a gaggle of advisors who are steeped in conventional wisdom. It's like, well, when you go on to the news, make sure you're smiling because uh, the, 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 the housewives watching are going to be enticed by that. They're around that culture. They're around these enablers of the failed, toxic, conventional wisdom that does fear being labeled a racism or, or being ra labeled a racist. Uh, beyond that, by by using identity politics, by saying, oh, yeah, we're going to find a black woman, then Biden is temporarily exciting his base. So, uh, yeah. again, con failed conventional wisdom is that you need to build a coalition and um, that coalition will propel you into winning another election. But I think what Reagan and uh, Barack Obama showed us with this, their presidential campaigns is that you need to play to a base. When your base is happy, you're going to win. And Obama was a hardcore leftist, by far the most hardcore leftist we've ever had in the Oval Office, uh, even counting Biden. Um, and he played to his base, and their excitement for him carried him over both times. Uh, it crossed the finish line. And um, let's face it, black women are the most liberal voting bloc in America. So by placating this base, Biden is is saying, uh, yeah, vote for me. You can propel me into office again uh, if I make it that long. And he's exciting his base. And he's also fulfilling a campaign promise that he can point to, which is going to make it look like he has some semblance of integrity, which, of course, he doesn't. He's empty suit. Yeah, he's trying to check all the boxes. If you look at his cabinet picks and and, and he's got the, that transgender uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I anyway, Doctor Rachel Levine, he's the doctor, right? Okay, yeah. And there, it, Ruben, you're gonna have to go to confession on that one. Yeah, that's an act, an act of contrition, Ruben. <laughs> uh, you know, and then they've got uh, they've got uh, a black female le um, lesbian working in the in the White House. They've got they're just checking all the boxes, you know, and they're just trying to to say that. Because they, they have a history of racism when you go back all the way to their Ku Klux Klan days, you know, and they're still trying to throw that back on on the, the conservatives saying, hey, you know, 
we're for the people and and the the history does just tells us otherwise what do you think dave <laughs> yeah no um you know this is again their mo when you've got nothing else when you don't bring ideas of your own that are going to succeed that are going to work for american society you're not leading in the sense that the economy is getting better in fact you're going to make it worse you're going to make gas ten dollars a gallon you're going to uh make everybody's electricity bill skyrocket consumer goods are going up in price we have inflation jobs are down you've killed the economy with all the covid nonsense uh what else do you have except for making people say you know what i'm going to vote left even though it hurts me, it's become ideological leftism. What's being pushed on the American people is not a practical, pragmatic leftism. And and that's what we saw, you know, in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s with with leftist candidates. They were still hiding behind this veneer of, oh, you know, being a Democrat makes your life better. It, it makes the economy better. Well, the bottom's fallen out from that. We know they want to shut down manufacturing. We know they want to shut down our energy sector. So they can't hide behind that veneer anymore. So they have to do something else. So now they've pivoted to an ideological leftism where you have this campaign of shame, where you have the, the mainstream media, big yeah. tech, saying that if you believe that, the you know, if you believe in conservative values, if you believe in the free market, if you believe in meritocracy, if you believe in all these American ideals, you're a bad person. And that's worked on people because we've gutted the schools, we've gutted civics, we've gutted uh, moral education, moral theology, which used to be infused at, at the school level, even in the public schools to a certain extent. And now we have a system where there's this void that can be filled with leftist ideology. It's very doctrinaire. So it's become... Uh, a moral question. It's become the question of leftism is beyond policy. Politics has left the realm of policy, and it's now uh, their morals versus real morals, and they're winning that debate. D- Dave, we got a few minutes left. I want you to just let the audience know the, some of the books that you've written, and give us a little bit of uh, some of the synopsis of the books, and then tell us where they can buy the books from. Well, sure. Obviously, thank you, Jesse. Um, I've done Rules for Retrogrades, uh, and that's TAN Publishing. I'm also, we have the forthcoming on St. Michael's Media Church Militant Press, uh, No Christian Feminism book, um, that I'm still fine-tuning right now, and um, kind of working working kinks out and just making it, like, if I could if I could have written one book to the world, it would have been the book on No Christian Feminism, because feminism is the root of cancer in uh, in the world. It's the root of all of our problems. And the left knows this. This is why uh, you, at Fatima, Mary reveals that the final battle between God and the devil will be between or between the God and the devil will be about the family because the family is the first and vital cell of society. So if you take the family, then you take all of society. So if we can retake the family for Christ, we'll have trickle down holiness and we'll have a a Pax Christiana that, that can be reushered in, even in these troubled times. We do have the magic bullet. So I'm still working on that um, right now, Jesse. And then I'm, I'm doing my thing for Church Militant, Great Apostolate. And, um, you know, I'm writing editorial pieces uh, periodically for them. And I, I work as a, a book editor there. So uh, that's, 
That's the they, state of it right now. They, you know, you said something very, very. Uh, two weeks ago, I was with Father Chad Ripperger. So same with Ruben Nava. We were at a conference. He was in Southern California, and he mentioned uh, either him or Kyle Clement, one of them, his his, his right hand men. Uh, one of them mentioned that the first sin of the human race was feminism, and it was the sin of Eve. He, he, they called it the sin of radical feminism. Right. Uh, the sin of usurpation, where they, she started usurping the role of a man, and and. Uh, as a result of that, we have now what's called original sin. Uh, usurpation, basically, uh, and Adam's sin was dereliction, Father Ripperger says. So it's uh, as I hear you speak, I, I hear him. I, I could just hear that lecture in the back of my mind. Right. Uh, yeah, that came to my mind, too, Jesse. Yeah. Yep. Right. He, yeah. She came out from under Adam's authority and, and she opened herself up for, you know, yeah. or the demonic. Yeah. Yeah. So he says when a woman steps out from underneath patriarchal authority, uh, the woman is open to a demonic retaliation. It was very succinct the way he put it, and it's just I kind of hear you saying the same thing here with this book you're working on. Sure. No, and, and if you look at it, look how Mary flips the paradigm of Eve on its head. So Eve takes it upon herself to go dialogue with a fallen angel. But then when Mary, when when a, a, a good uh, angel in Beatitude, uh, the archangel Gabriel, comes to Mary, she's like, oh, who am I to get this message? She's the complete opposite um, because she understands that the feminine role is a behind-the-scenes veiled role mm-hmm. as opposed to this act. It's an it's masculine to be active and giving, but a, a woman is passive and receives. And you know this even through, think about the conjugal act and the actual um, biology and physiology that goes into that because the, the, the body expresses who we are. It's not just like my soul is wedded to my body and it has nothing, the two have nothing to do with each other. We reject that kind of dualism in Catholicism. So the theologians call the body reflecting our, our role in life as excarnation. So the, the female body, the female uh, physicality is an excarnation of what she's called to do. She's called to be passive and to receive, not to be active and giving. Um, and Eve made herself not not, not at, to be the not to be the speaker of the house or the vice president. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> you said it, Jesse. But uh, I said it, and I'll say it again. Hey, Dave, we'll have to have you. <laughs> we'll have to have you on again. Thanks a lot. Say say hi to all the guys at Church Militant. Will do. Thanks. God bless you. Thank you, Dave. Dave, Dave thanks for all you do for the church. God bless you and your brother. Wrap it Ruben. Up. All right, that's a wrap. Uh, hey, uh, tomorrow. Remember, uh, join us in prayer. We're going to be out there praying, uh, doing prayers of reparation uh, in front of the Saguaro Hotel for the Satanic Conference. Join us Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in prayer wherever you're at in the country. Up next, Gary Machuda, Hands on Apologetics. And we are EOW, end of watch. We're out. 10-7.